Cal the Athletic. John, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today, man. Oh, no problem at all. Hey, appreciate you being with us. Let, let's dive into this thing. And, and we've had a lot of conversations uh, about quarterback play with the Cowboys. And, and start there for us. Uh, just your overall impressions of how the, the backups played against Arizona. I thought it was just okay. I mean, they probably didn't get – Garrett Gilbert didn't get the greatest chance to succeed considering uh, he probably was worried about if he was even going to snap to him or if it was going to be on the ground or <laughs> – so even getting past that probably, you know, that probably made it a little bit difficult on him. So I don't want to grade him too difficultly or too too critically on that. But uh, I, I don't think anybody that's watched any of their OTAs, mini camp, training camp, these preseason games would say, oh, yeah, they're absolutely set at, at backup quarterback. They can just roll in the season. They're good to go there. I mean, they, there's a good chance Garrett Gilbert's their backup, but they could certainly upgrade there if the right possibility, you know, the right situation presented itself. But – you know, I don't think that they're going to get someone to fall in their lap like they did last year with Andy Dalton. And they're not going to spend big on, on a, on a uh, backup quarterback, which they made clear during free agency. So I think that if you were you've set in a Vegas like thing on this, it, it's clearly Garrett Gilbert's the favorite. But when teams start trimming down their roster, somebody becomes available, a veteran that uh, the Cowboys didn't think would become available, and, and then that guy ends up being their backup. But as of right now, I think it's Garrett Gilbert. And, and he's been fine. Um, I think he could do the same thing he did last year. I think he'd come into a, a game here or there and give you a chance to win. I, I don't know that you want him to be your starter for six, seven, eight games if, if Dak was to go down for an extended period of time. Is the offensive line a big concern after the first two preseason games? Like, uh, more than anything else, the depth, who's the number two at center, who's the number two at swing tackle? Have any of those questions been answered yet at all, John? They're in the process of being answered. I mean, with the with – the, offensive line i mean it, it all comes down to really the same thing as last year what's the health of tyron smith lyle Cox? those three everything else will work itself out because as long as you have those three like even if they needed to zach martin to move to a different position or something like that even if you lost one of those guys he could certainly do it he showed he showed that last year before he got injured and that he can play tackle if need be and i think tyler biotish is fine at center i think that they're in a good good spot there if if tyler biotish goes down then who's your backup center because as of right now I don't, I don't think they can feel very confident in Connor Williams doing that. But I think Connor Williams has been solid at left guard. And so if, if you have that starting lineup that you're supposed to have and they're all healthy, this will be one of the best offensive lines in football. It's the depth behind them where you kind of worry, particularly at tackle, because I think even at guard, if you were to lose one of those guys, Connor McGovern can come in and, and play well. Brandon Knight can fill in at one of the guard spots. You can move some pieces around there. It's what do you have at backup offensive tackle with, with Ty Naseki and Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight playing those positions. That's that's where you, you you get a little nervous, but you have to think that they're not going to have the same injuries that they had last year. I mean, there was a little bit of bad luck involved there to lose all three of those top guys. So if you can just have two of those three, if not all three, you should be in good shape. Talking with John Machota of the Athletic, John, and all of a sudden the Cowboys get thin at D tackle with uh, Gallimore going down for six to eight weeks. Yeah, and even with Gallimore, it was already probably the thinnest position. You know, I mean, that Tristan Hill hasn't been able to do anything other than work off to the side uh, with an athletic trainer during practices because he's still on the physically unable to perform list with that, you know, knee injury he suffered last year in week five. And so, you know, he's a candidate to potentially start the season on, on PUP. So you don't know what you really have there. He hasn't practiced at all. Now you lose Gallimore. So you're really down to four guys that, that you can kind of trust, and that's Brent Urban. Carlos Watkins, and then the two young guys in, in Oso Digizua 
and Quentin Bohanna, and that's fine. I mean, they can be okay, but I don't I don't think anybody looks at it as like this is all of a sudden solid or, or even a strength to the team. I mean, I, I feel like if there was a better defensive tackle class in this year's draft that they probably would address that in the first round over Micah Parsons or one of the corners. I mean, D-tackle has been something that they've needed help at for a while now. And uh, as you look at the roster right now, it, they still need a lot of help. So, uh, yeah, Neville Gallimore had probably the most side of any of these guys going into the season. Uh, they're a little bit fortunate. I thought he was going to be out longer. It looks like it's going to be maybe a month uh, starting right now. So maybe he only misses two or three games where I thought he could be missing the first when you saw how bad that, that elbow injury looked and how much pain he was in. So they need to get him back. But in the time being, I mean, they really need a lot out of Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins. And you really just don't know what you're going to have there because they're guys that they just signed in free agency. And those, are, those aren't guys that were big money free agents. Those are guys that were kind of filling the roster spots. John, has anybody for you stood out as to be the guy on the other side of Trayvon Diggs at cornerback yet? Nobody's really jumped out. I mean, there's been flashes. You know, out in Oxnard, there'd be a day where, like, you know, Nishan Wright would impress you or, or Calvin Joseph or maybe Anthony Brown. I mean, outside of Trayvon Diggs, the most impressive corner in camp and in the preseason has been Maurice Kennedy, and I think they want him to play in the slot. And so that's where he's been the best at. But his ball skills, even Mike McCarthy was talking about the other day, they've even, they're even better than what he thought they were going to be. So I'd say he's been the second most impressive. But, you know, you're talking about going into week one against the defending Super Bowl champions, Tom Brady. I, I, don't, I don't think you can put a Nishan Wright or a Kelvin Joseph out there right now. I think you have to go with Anthony Brown. You have to go with a veteran guy uh, in that matchup. Now, I could see, as, as of right now, I'd predict that Anthony Brown probably starts the first few games, maybe in the first half of the season. But by the end of the year, I think Calvin, Calvin Joseph wins that other outside cornerback spot because I do think he has, he has upside. You see the flashes. I just think that because of the limited amount of reps he's gotten, even in college and then in, into this OTAs minicamp and then in the training camp, I just think he needs more time. And he's just going to have, like you saw, you know, defending Christian Kirk, there's just going to be some, you know, growing pains with it. That's what comes with it. So uh, I don't know that he'll be your week one starter, but I think eventually that your starting corners will be Calvin Joseph and Trayvon Diggs. Cowboys play the Texans uh, on uh, on Saturday night. In in years past, and a long time ago, I guess, uh, that, that third preseason or the last the preseason game before the last one was always kind of a dress rehearsal. Is is that still the case? Is that going to be the case this Saturday night with, with Dallas and Houston? If, it's, it's interesting because that was the plan because they had, you know, even ever, even though everyone lost the preseason game because of adding the additional regular season game, the Cowboys still had their four because of the Hall of Fame game. So that was the plan. But here's the thing. When you don't have Dak Prescott or because you're trying to limit how much he does coming back, if Dak isn't going to play in that game, it really doesn't make a ton of sense to put all your other offensive starters out there. And it's the same thing with Dak. Like, it doesn't make sense of, like, if Dak really ramps up things today and this week, and they're like, you know what, let's just wait till that last preseason game. Even in that last one, you don't want to play him unless that entire first team offensive line is out there. So it all kind of, it kind of hinges on Dak. Like, it, I mean, whatever they think he can do, I think then the pieces around him fill in, you know. And because he hasn't been able to go, I don't think that they see a big reason to like, yeah, we need to throw out Zeke and Tyron Smith and, and Zach Martin. You know, they the only reason Lyle Collins has been playing is because he missed all of last season. And he's and he's lost a decent amount of weight. He's you know getting back into playing shape. He looks to be you know playing some of his best ball. So that's why he's been out there for a couple of series. And CD Lamb's still young and things like that. But on defense, I think you could you could see some of their starters. Maybe Randy Randy Gregory get some snaps. Maybe Demarcus Lawrence. But it isn't going to be like 
not, it's not even that long ago, really, where that third preseason game, you could see starters play almost the entire first half. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's not happening. Well, and I was kind of hoping that maybe Garrett Gilbert could get could get a couple of series with with the entire starting offensive unit, with the obviously with the exception of Dak, but I don't guess that's going to happen now. Yeah, I mean, he could. I mean, I just don't <clears> – <throat> I'd be I'd be surprised if it was more than a series if you did even have you know Tyron out there and, and Zach Martin and and I really don't think you're going to see Ezekiel Elliott at all in the preseason. I thought it was one of the most telling things. I mean, there were a lot of great highlights from that that first episode of Hard Knocks, but I thought one of the most interesting was Mike McCarthy talking to Stephen Jones before one of those practices early in camp about how you know you look at Zeke's workload throughout his career up to this point, like we don't need to be working him that much. You know, I mean, it's very for a guy like Mike McCarthy, who, who really is into the analytics, as you obviously saw in that episode as well with the GPS on Dak and his workouts and stuff like that, I, I just get the sense that Zeke's going to see any, any time in the preseason. So if Gilbert does, it could be behind the first-team offensive line, um, but maybe that's with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. But I don't see Zeke, Dak, um, you know, Amari Cooper. Yeah, I, I just don't see them playing very much, if at all, in the preseason. Your thoughts on hard knocks, John? You know, it's funny because when I the very first day we were out there for the opening news conference, you know, I was kind of telling some of the other reporters, I was like, they have all these people out here and they get all this access. Like, they better have good stuff. Like, if you don't have good stuff with all this access, <laughs> you're just. And, and, and so I set the expectations super high, and I'll be honest with you, they exceeded it for me. Like, I thought it was awesome. I thought they did a great job. Uh, they set the bar very high for the rest of, of, of this. Well, they got four episodes left, so the rest of this series. And it's. So after the episode was over, I wrote something for The Athletic about it and how much I enjoyed it. And there were people in the comments talking about how, like, they didn't focus enough on the, on the guys in the roster bubble. And, I mean, I guess it just is an example of everybody's different. But just to be honest, I don't care about those stories on this team. Right. There's just too much other stuff to talk about on this particular team than the guys that might make the roster at the very back end that aren't going to aren't gonna be a factor on Sunday. So, I mean, other teams that might be – you know, it might be interesting, but there's just too many good storylines on this team right now, and I like that they're focusing on all the stars and things like that. I mean, just between CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons, like, just follow them around. Heck, you can just follow Ezekiel Elliott around doing just everyday <laughs> life tasks. Just follow Zeke to put gas in his car. Follow Zeke brushing his teeth. Uh, you know, I mean, whatever you want to do, like, I think that that would be entertaining. So riding a bike. <laughs> I, I thought, absolutely, riding a bike, you know, wrapping a present. I I thought it was awesome. Like, I really set the bar high for, for the rest of this. I think I think it was outstanding. I did, too. I enjoyed it a lot. Speaking of rosters, is, is there going to be any surprises, you think, in the first cut coming up tomorrow? I don't think so. You know, I mean, and that's why they're surprises, because you, you never know. But I, I really don't think so. Um you know, Stephen Jones has talked about it a couple times at camp about just how deep that this roster is, particularly, um, you know, cutting it down to 53 and how he feels like they're probably around like 65 to 68 guys that are going to be worthy of the roster spot. And so I think they already know, like, who those guys will be that will trim it down five spots. And they know on the next cut, too, it's going to be that getting down to 53 where there could be, could be some surprises. You know, I know. I know fans and, and, and media, I mean, we're, we're, we're guilty of it too, but, uh, you know, we're, we've been very critical of Jalen Smith with, I mean, rightfully so with, with his play in that. I just still don't think that he would be a guy that obviously would be surprised because of his salary, um, but I, even with him, I, I just don't see them cutting him. I, I, I think that they'd rather have the depth at linebacker than to just cut him loose, and then obviously they would still owe him money anyway. But uh, he would be the one that is probably – not playing up to you know the dollar amount, and then certainly what you've seen from Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal, 
And, and even Leighton Vanders has had a, had a good training camp. So it's like all of a sudden you're like, well, this guy that's led us in tackles the last two years, like where does he really fit in with this group? So, uh, but even with that, so I don't I don't think he'll get cut either, though. I I I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think there's going to be very many surprises. I really don't. Open practice uh, tonight for the Cowboys. Is that what you're working on for the Athletic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is going to be interesting because you got fans there, and, and we're going to get to watch it. We'll get to talk to Mike McCarthy. The biggest thing for me is just what does Dak do? You know, I mean, he's been able to throw a little bit in in the last two practices. He threw a little bit before the game in Arizona, and then he had the MRI here on Saturday, and they got good results on that. And so it seems like he's ready to ramp it up a little bit, but team drills is what matters. That's what I'm interested to see. Is he going to do any team drills today? Because um, he hasn't done any. Because when they were going to do him the team drills and pads out in Oxnard, uh, that was the day, uh, July 28th, that he you know pulled himself out of one of the drills before they even got the team drills. So he's got to do that before they'd ever even think of putting him in a preseason game. So maybe that happens tonight. Maybe that doesn't happen until later in the week. Maybe it doesn't happen until next week. But that's definitely the thing I think most of us are, are going to have our eye on. Hey, John Wynn, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much uh, for the insight, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. There you go. John